just possibly the world's greatest radio station. You're listening to the worldwide legend with a million dollars worth of hits from the Steve Nomer Hey Baby Studio. The voice of the world, the sound with the beat, the sound that sets you tapping your feet. Radio, the sound of year-round pleasure. The sound of the news, rhythm and blues. Tchaikovsky swing, whatever you choose. Radio, the sound of year-round pleasure. Welcome to All Things Radio, your weekly radio magazine, with radio news from a national perspective, quality and format changes, sports news, featured radio stations from yesterday and today, your voicemails and phone calls, as well as special guests and featured segments. And now here's your host, Bill Sparks. Educate, syncopate, radio communicate, radio, the sound of year-round pleasure. Well, hello and good evening and welcome on this December 14th. Happens to be my 21st wedding anniversary, so yeah. I've taken the time. Oh, happy anniversary. Happy yeah. anniversary, yeah. Bill. Great. So, there we go. And if Bertie comes back, we'll have a little indie radio news. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see what happens exactly. So, Jeff... What have you got in store for us this week? Well, we've got a, a really good show. I, we really do have a good show today. But and of course, I say I, I say that all the time. But we have a we have, first of all, we'll start our news uh, with our show with our radio news from a national perspective. We'll follow that with Jennifer Sparks calling her in format changes. And this week, Bill has what I think is really, really an excellent feature. It's uh, John Miller receiving the Ford C. Frick Award at the, the Baseball Hall of Fame. And I believe it is 2017. I think you're going to enjoy that. Next up, our classic air check. And of course, uh, classic air check has Chuck Leonard at WABC from November 26, 1968. And we conclude things by listening to the urban adult contemporary or urban kind of all over the place formatted radio station. Double Foxy 1069. It's a translator in, in St. Louis, Missouri. And, um, I think you're going to like that as well. They play all kinds of music. You get to hear a little jazz. You get to hear a one a piece of gospel music. You get some urban oldies. It's, it's not a bad station. So it's not a bad station. And so that's what we have today. So what, what can I say? Bernie's back, Bill, and everyone's back, and everyone's here. Sean's on vacation today, I guess. So <laughs> just to tell you who the panelists are, who you don't know, if you haven't listened before, we have myself, Jeff Bennett at Albany, New York. Of course, the guy who's heads this whole thing, Bill Sparks, Perry Lester, out in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Chris in Quincy, Massachusetts, burning in Indianapolis, Indiana as well. And Gary out in Austin, Texas. So let's go with you, Bill. All right, and Bernie, I don't have any particular news myself. I've been hearing the personalities on the fan talking about the move to the fourth floor and consultants coming in from Baltimore. They're not happy. They're not happy. What's the difference between one floor and another? Is there less space on the fourth floor, Bernie? Well, for one thing, they can't look out a window at all. They can't look out on the circle uh, from the studio on the fourth floor, uh, whereas they could on the sixth floor. And, you know, they got a really good view, and they like that. You know, it's kind of stimulating to be able to do that, I guess. And, And they're moving all the stations. In fact, 
the stations that were in the other building are going to be moving over over to our building now. So that's going to consolidate space so there's less space for everyone, essentially, right. I'm assuming. And this probably... Uh, yeah, and, yeah, but the thing is, that wasn't going to be the original plan, so I don't know when this happened, but it's 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 there. It indicates to me that there may not be a sale coming anytime soon or Urban One could be a big part of the sale to buy the MS building. Why would they go no, to and all I think I think it's kind of what we talked about, the fact that um, buildings like this are not as easy to sell nowadays no. after COVID. You know, they're just not. Well, so, because people, I don't are, know. people are migrating away from the downtown cities initially, and that's, they're having trouble filling the office buildings. That's that's one of the big things, Bernie. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Somebody came to terms with somebody, and uh, apparently everybody agreed. And so everybody's going to be moving in. The, the, the weird thing is we're on a, a platform called Audio Vault, which is where we you know do our, our shows. And they are on Audio Vault also, the people from the other building. However... It is a different audio vault than ours, which means this is kind of good news because that means there will never be uh, a line of people trying to get in to voice track because they can only voice track in their studios and we can only voice track in our studios. So, I mean, I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think. The only way that could affect you is if, if, if their audio vault is newer than your audio vault, and they're going to migrate everything over to one audio vault platform. But that you yeah. don't know you don't know if that's going to happen or not. No, I don't. And uh, but my concern, really, for me, strictly for me, is when they move us, uh, my my screen may not line up perfectly with the uh, touch screen. And our engineering people don't seem to understand that very well, you know, because when this when this came about, someone made a board for me with holes in it, and the holes matched exactly where my fingers needed to go to perform all the functions. Well, uh-huh. if that screen is even a little bit one way or the other, it won't work. Yeah. So, and I just don't think they understand that. And, we'll the guy, and the guy who did this for you is probably not with the company anymore. Is that correct? No, no, he's not. No. Yeah, that's that's the issue. No. And um, I, I've yeah. seen this before. I mean, not with not with what you're doing, but with 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 anything when it comes to accessibility and stuff. I had to do at work oh, yeah. on the help desk, and they put a whole new phone system in, and everything didn't work. And I had it all set up for the way it used to be, and I had to sure. do it all over again and learn it all over again. And that was not fun, but it, it had to be done because I couldn't retire. I wasn't working there long enough to retire, so. <clears throat> I, 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 I get that, Bernie. I really do. And hopefully you won't have to go yeah. through that. Well, and if I do, I, I just I just won't stay because, you know, I've I, I retired and I've been I've been there since then and it's like uh over five and a half years. Yeah. Uh and so if it happens, it happens. Well, there is a little bit of news you from know. your company. They're they're looking at uh, that that whole uh casino thing failed in Virginia. And now they're looking yes. at they're getting into the casino business in Maryland, where it's a lot more receptive. So I don't know what that means, but 
But what I do know is that radio companies that don't invest in other other things besides radio are going to have some problems. The, one of the companies, the guy that I knew because I went to college with him, is a guy named Ed Levine, runs a, a company called Galaxy Media in Syracuse. But they've invested in an area outside of radio, but it's uh, that that promotes special events and special projects, and so that they they have another line of income besides the radio stations the income that they make from the radio stations they own. And that, that seems to be the way a lot of radio companies are going to be trying to handle things, I think, in the future. I think you're right. Exactly. Can't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, we're not going to put all our eggs I'll in one basket. I'll turn it over to you, Bill. Yeah. We're not going to put all our eggs in one basket, but we are going to listen to Jeff with all things oh, radio. Shit. No, I mean, with his news, award-winning news, I'm looking at the screen and seeing something else. I'm Jeff Bennett for All Things Radio, and this is what's happening in the world of broadcasting. Sirius Satellite Radio and Liberty Media combined to form one company. There's more reorganization at iHeartMedia. And Cumulus Media also makes organizational changes, plus lots of news on the street. And we'll conclude our look at the Nielsen November Personal People Media Ratings. It was yet another busy week this week in the world of broadcasting, and Sirius Satellite Radio makes news. Sirius Satellite Radio and Liberty Media will combine to form a new public company. Right now, Liberty Media owns 80% of Sirius Satellite Radio. The new public company will combine both the shares of Liberty Media and Sirius Satellite Radio into one company, and listeners won't be affected by the change. iHeartMedia is also making some reorganizational changes. We told you last week about iHeartMedia restructuring their radio markets. Well, two executives will be leaving the company. Announced by their chief executives Bob Pittman and Rich Bresler, Scott Hoppick and Kim Guthrie will be leaving the company on January 1st. Scott Hoppick has been with the company for over 20 years. He started in Atlanta as the general manager of the Atlanta Braves radio network. He rose through the ranks for iHeartMedia, working in Phoenix, Arizona as Mark president and New York City as market president. Kim Guthrie came to iHeartMedia in 2022. Before working for iHeartMedia, she was the CEO for Cox Media and she joined iHeartMedia as president of their Florida radio stations. There's more executive action in the world of broadcasting with Cumulus Media and Spanish Broadcasting Systems. Cumulus Media said goodbye to Susan Larkin, who was the president of their Westwood One division. She has been replaced by Colin Jones, who has been with Cumulus since 2011. And finally, Spanish Broadcasting Chief Operating Officer and President Albert Rodriguez has resigned from the company. He had been with the company since 2011, working in Miami, Florida for Spanish Broadcasting Television Division. Now let's take a quick look and find out what's happening on the street. Seattle says goodbye to Danny Bonaducci. Following a series of health issues, Danny Bonaducci has announced his retirement for radio station KZOK-FM in Seattle, Washington. The station broadcasts a classic rock format and is owned and operated by iHeartMedia. You might remember Danny Bonaducci as a child star working on the Partridge Family TV show, but he has spent most of his adult life in radio. He worked in Los Angeles, California at KYSR-FM and KLSX-FM, and he also worked in Detroit, Michigan at WKQI-FM, as well as radio station WLUP-FM in Chicago, Illinois. KBLS Media has revised its on-air lineup with the return of Matt Sparks. Matt Sparks returns to the radio station after recovering from a bout of cancer. Matt Sparks will be handling mornings at the radio station on the air Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. till 9 a.m. Middays will be handled by Bailey from 9 a.m. till 2 p.m., and afternoons will be held down by Brian Slacker-Adams from 2 p.m. till 7 p.m. Finally, with the retirement of Pat Martin from Odyssey-owned and operated radio station KSEG-FM, which programs a classic rock format, and the move of Justin Case from afternoons to mornings, KSEG finally has a new afternoon drive radio announcer. His name is Ken Anthony, who previously worked for All Access Group, which went out of business earlier this summer, and he also worked for Radio and Records. But before working for these magazines, Ken Anthony also worked in the world of broadcasting with on-air roles at radio station KSJO-FM in San Jose, California, 
KLOL-FM in Houston, Texas, as well as other radio stations. Now it's time to conclude our look at the Nielsen November Presidential People Meter Ratings. In Charlotte, North Carolina, the number one-ranked radio station is WBAV-FM with an urban and contemporary format. The number two-ranked radio station is WOSF-FM with an oldies format. Finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Charlotte, North Carolina is WSOC-FM broadcasting a country format. In Portland, Oregon, the number one-ranked radio station is KKCW-FM with an adult contemporary format. The number two-ranked radio station is KXL-AM with a news talk format. And finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Portland, Oregon, also broadcasting a news talk format, is KOPB-FM. In San Antonio, Texas, the number one-ranked radio station is KONO-FM with a classic its format. The number two-ranked radio station is KCYY-FM, programming a country format. Finally, the number three-ranked radio station in San Antonio, Texas, is KISS-FM, programming a rock format. In Salt Lake City, Utah, the number one-ranked radio station is KSFI-FM with an adult contemporary format. The number two-ranked radio station is KRSP-FM, programming a classic hits format. Finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Salt Lake City, Utah, also programming a classic hits format, is KODJ-FM. In Sacramento, California, the number one-ranked radio station is KSEG-FM with a classic rock format. The number two-ranked radio station is KFBK-AM with a news talk format. Finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Sacramento, California is KNCI-FM, broadcasting a country format. In Orlando, Florida, the number one-ranked radio station is WCFB-FM with an and all-contemporary format. The number two-ranked radio station is WOCL-FM with a classic hits format. Finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Orlando, Florida is WRUM-FM with a Spanish tropical format. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the number one-ranked radio station is WWSWFM with a classic hits format. The number two-ranked radio station is WDVE-FM with a classic rock format. Finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is KDKA-FM with an all-sports format. In Las Vegas, Nevada, the number one-ranked radio station is KSNE-FM with an adult contemporary format. The number two-ranked radio station is KKLZ-FM with a classic hits format. Finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Las Vegas, Nevada is KWID-FM with an adult hits format. In Cincinnati, Ohio, the number one-ranked radio station is WLWAM with a news talk format. The number two-ranked radio station is WGRR-FM with a classic hits format. Finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Cincinnati, Ohio is WKRQ-FM with a hot adult contemporary format. In Kansas City, Missouri, the number one-ranked radio station is KCFX-FM with a classic rock format. The number two-ranked radio station is KCMO-FM with a classic hits format. Finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Kansas City, Missouri is WDAF-FM with a country format. Including Ohio, the number one-ranked radio station is WMJI-FM with a classic hits format. The number two-ranked radio station is WNCX-FM with a classic rock format. Finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Cleveland, Ohio is WZAK-FM with a number of contemporary format. In Columbus, Ohio, the number one-ranked radio station is WBNS-FM with an all-sports format. The number two-ranked radio station is WCOL-FM with a country format. Finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Columbus, Ohio is WTVN-AM with a news talk format. In Indianapolis, Indiana, the number one-ranked radio station is WJJK-FM with a classic hits format. The number two-ranked radio station is WIBC-FM with a news talk format. And finally, the number three-ranked radio station in Indianapolis, Indiana, is WYXB-FM with an adult contemporary format. Finally, let's take a look at some of those radio stations that will be changing format after the Christmas holiday. 
WEII-FM out on Cape Cod will be dropping its Odyssey sports programming in favor of a mixture of live and local sports programming and Fox sports programming. The station is owned and operated by iHeartMedia. In Galveston, Texas, radio station KYST-AM will be dropping its Spanish format in favor of conservative talk. In Spokane, Washington, Eastern Washington University will sign off the radio station on December 31st. The station broadcasts in all jazz format. Finally, we'll be taking the following two weeks off, and I just want to wish all of the people who love listening to all things radio and love the radio news segment a very, very happy holiday season. We'll see you back after the new year, and there'll be plenty of radio news to broadcast. If you have any comments concerning this portion of the podcast, there are many ways you can get in touch with me. First of all, you can send me an email. My email address is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F, Jeff, at allthingsradio.net. Or you can send me a voicemail with our feedback line. The phone number is 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. And hit option two for the podcast team. For All Things Radio, I'm Jeff Bennett. Thank you very much, Jeff. Oh, no problem. I didn't see, you know, as you know, the runs down or gets faster and faster away from us and goes to the new year. The radio news isn't quite as, uh, as, as you know, vol- voluminous, I should say. But next year, I guarantee you, there'll be plenty of radio news. Oh, yeah, there's always radio yep. news. Yeah. And, and the only thing I was going to say about, radio, about, the, about what's going on is that it just, it just seems that these cutbacks continue when you reorganize. Yeah, they cut back two people because they didn't need them, but the way they were organizing their market structure at iHeartMedia. And so we'll see what happens. By the way, for those who have Sirius Satellite Radio, I haven't seen the new app because it hasn't gotten to my phone yet or, or I haven't, haven't updated it manually. They have updated the iPhone app. We, we talked about this before the show. And hopefully guys who like to use the app or anyone who likes to use the app won't have too many problems if they're visually impaired. But just giving you a heads up on that. So just letting you know. Okay, over to you, Bill. Well, it doesn't mean that all <laughs> apps are going to be totally 100% accessible because uh, it you just, know that's never going to happen. But no, we do, it we never do the best happens. We can. In my next life, it will. Well, yeah, I don't know about course. that, Gary. Of course. <laughs> no, I just, I'd be kind of silly about that. But it takes them a time or two sometimes to get it. They can't even get the iPhone right on the first crack at their app. So, you know, these things take time to evolve. But if you do have your iPhone, they have fixed the problem with Siri so that it, it does seem to be working a lot better than it did before. Now, I haven't played with every every feature of it, but at least the stuff that I do when I do text messages seems to work now without, without having, having a problem. So yeah. hopefully uh, they, they've gotten that straightened out. As so long as they keep say. the radio stuff going, I'm cool. That's right. You got it, you know, That's so the that's best it. thing. That's, that's the best thing. But we don't have to worry about Jennifer and her call letter and format changes because we know they're right on the money. So here we go. Jennifer, here you go. Hello, everyone. I'm Jennifer Sparks, and here are your call letter and format changes for the week of December 14th. WEQM FM 91.5, Melrose, Wisconsin, changes calls to WEQE FM. KWMW FM 105.1, Maljamar, New Mexico, changes slogan from W105 Real Country to W105 Your Country. WDNG AM 1450 Anniston, Alabama 
changes slogan from Aniston Oxford's classic station to 95.1 The Mountain. WFEB AM 1340, Sylacauga, Alabama changes slogan from Silicaga's best hits and favorites to WFEB B101 WYDL FM 100.3 Middleton, Tennessee changes slogan from Easy 100.3 to Hot 100 WBBA FM 97.5 Pittsfield, Illinois changes format from classic rock to country and changes slogan from River Rock 97.5 to Eagle 102. And those are your call letter and format changes for this week. Wishing everyone the happiest of holiday seasons and we'll see you next year. And just a note, we will, some of us will be back next week for a special call-in show where we do listener appreciation. So you'll be able to call in and talk to us. It won't be yeah. structured, but it'll be there. So you can call in and talk to us at the same time next week. There'll just be no formal radio news or we're just kind of, it's just very informal. It's listener appreciation, I call it. Yeah. Well, well that's you know, it. the radio news goes on and it will go on and it will go on. And it, and I will be collating it and taking care of it while we're off for two weeks. But uh, it will still continue operating, uh, as you know. Uh, and there will probably be a big amount of uh, call letter and format changes, too, after the first of the year. Because that's usually when they if they're going to happen, that's usually when they happen. I would think so. Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but I think because okay. our next feature is a, is uh, John Miller doing his speech when he won the Ford C. Frick Award back in 2017. So tell us a little bit about John Miller, because I know you were talking about that earlier. Yeah, well, John Miller is from the Bay Area originally, and he was grew up as a Giants fan. And like many of us, uh, you know, he pretended to do play-by-play in his bedroom. He you know, talked about that. And he, he would uh, just sit there and call along with uh, Russ Hodges and Lon Simmons, and he really liked those those Giants announcers. Of course, they came to town when he was about six years old. He was born in 1952, and they came in 58. So he grew up with the Giants, and uh, he loved the loved the Giants. And then he ended up getting into baseball broadcasting in kind of a funny way, and I don't know his uh, college background and all that, but as I say, he was still in the Bay Area. And Charlie Finley was getting ready. He wouldn't sell him for another three years. <clears throat> but he was getting ready to sell the A's, and um, he wanted to go low budget on everything. I think he got them onto a college FM station. He uh, got rid of Monty Moore, who had been his kind of uh, the voice of the A's, basically even in Kansas City, and went came uh, to Oakland with them. And he had been his spy in the locker room a lot of times. But he got rid of him. He brought in John Miller, and I don't know whether uh, who else worked with him, but John really. Uh, had not been in the majors before, maybe done some minor league stuff, but he did the A's for like a year or so there. Then he got a chance to go to Texas and do the Rangers for a couple of years. He did that. And then he came to Boston, the Red Sox in 1980. And he worked with Ken Coleman. And that's where, what he talks about that his real mentor was Ken Coleman. And they worked together from 1980 through 1982. Then the Red Sox were moving, uh, their, um, 
Wrights had been with, uh, well, 1510 WITS, and they were then going to go to the station in Plymouth, uh, who did not want to spend a lot of money on the second announcer. They were willing to bring Ken Coleman over, but they did not want to bring uh, John Miller, and he wanted more money than they were offering, and he and Ken were sharing the broadcast equally at that time. So then he um, went to Baltimore. Joe Castiglione came in and replaced him, and uh, he's now the next Ford Frick winner for this year, 2024. But then John went to the Orioles, and he was there for 14 years. While he was there, he started to uh, do the Sunday night uh, baseball on TV uh, for ESPN in 1990, and he got that job. And uh, the Orioles, uh, their ownership is very strange, and they decided that he was too critical of the team, so they let him go. But the Giants scooped him up. And he's been with the Giants now since 1997, and that's his boyhood dream was to broadcast in the it's the Lon Simmons broadcast booth, I think, or the Russ. I'm sorry, it's the Russ Hodges broadcast booth at the at uh, the Giants Park and the Lon Simmons at the at the football stadium. So uh, they're they're both honored, the both longtime San Francisco announcers. But that's John Miller's career in a nutshell, and he's he's very funny. He's very smart. He could do numerous imitations of uh, people, Vin Scully or Bob Shepard, the old Yankee public address announcer, and uh, just just many things. And uh, he's he's uh, let that be shown a little bit more once Ken Coleman kind of brought it out of him and said, you ought to do that some of that stuff on the air during rain delays and stuff. And Ken kind of inspired him to get involved with that. But the, he's well-respected in the, in the if, if you just ask people who like to listen to baseball, who's one of their favorites, almost everybody, who listens to announcers around the country will tell you John Miller. Okay, just briefly, because I know we're going to run short, and I, I and I want to just I, can you amplify Russ Hodges, uh, where 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 the, where the Giants won the pennant that year, and, and you yeah. always hear that that one call. The whole game was probably recorded, but you always hear the Giants oh, yeah. won the pennant. Just tell us just briefly about. Yeah, that. well, what happened on that? That was an interesting uh, situation. Of course, he was doing the Giants. He had been with the Yankees for up uh, until the late forties, and he then went over to the Giants in about uh, when they separated the broadcasts. And uh, he was the voice of the Giants, and he was on the radio because at that time they figured they'd have more listeners than the local broadcasts on TV. Ernie Harwell, who later on went uh, went to the Orioles and Tigers and all that, was on TV. And nobody knows about his call. Nobody knows much about Vin Scully's call. Uh, not Vin Scully, but Red Barber's call. But because what happened was somebody who was not a uh, – a Giants fan, somebody uh, who was a Dodger fan, decided that they would record uh, Russ. They wanted to hear Russ Hodges sort of crying in his beer about the the uh, uh, Giants losing because they were trailing four to one going into the bottom of the ninth inning. And uh, then Bobby Thompson hit the home run, and they won it five to four. And uh, that was uh, that was it. So that one call is one of the most famous uh, sports calls uh, in history. And uh, of course, as I say, he stayed with the Giants when they went to San Francisco. And was with them right up until the, uh, I think the late uh, 70s or, well, into the I'm sorry, the early 70s. He retired and then he died in the 70s. But uh, yeah, he uh, he was well known, you know, and he did a lot of boxing too, Russ Hodges. So um, you, there's a lot of old fights out there with him and Jack Brickhouse doing boxing. So different things like that. So these guys did other things too back in the day. Chris, I want to thank you for that because you provided us with some very good knowledge on this uh, on this particular subject. So. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it because I didn't know that much about Russ Hodges. I knew a little bit about with the Hall because I'd heard it all the time. And if you buy any of those albums that have old-time radio excerpts and things of that nature, 
you, you get to hear that. And I forgot who the pitcher was that, that hit that uh, pitch where the home run, where they lost the uh, game. Ralph Branca was the pitcher for the Dodgers, who and, later went on, and you may remember, Jeff, that he went on to do the uh, pregame show the first couple of years with Howard Cosell pre- and postgame for the Mets on WABC. I remember that, and, and, and there's a recording of him talking about that game at the end. He didn't, he didn't even want to talk to the reporters. He, he just did not That's want right. to say, he just he said, Please, just leave me alone. Leave me alone. But I, he I and Bobby like... Thompson uh, went on the circuit late, later on. They'd appear together. They became friends, and they'd appear at banquets and, you know, autograph shows and all that other stuff. And, uh, you know, Ralph Brinker was a, a very nice guy. When the, the, um, the movie 42 came out, they had him on a lot talking about it. He just died uh, oh, a few years ago, five years ago or something like that. But um, he's, uh, you know, he, he kind of became more famous than he would have any other way because he wasn't on the Dodgers very long. But he became more famous uh, by giving up that home run uh, than uh, probably anything else he could have done. Thank you, Chris. Bill, I think Jeff. I think Jeff. If you'd want to hear any of those really old calls, I think there. I found a lot of them on YouTube. So if you want to hear any of them, I think you can find them on YouTube. Well, YouTube certainly is your go-to place for a lot of. It is. Uh, Yes, I I, I can tell you that. And for someone, I mean, I don't even know sports, Chris, but you've you've actually been put able we're able to put it into a way that. Even I could understand it. So, <laughs> okay. I want to. I want to thank you very well, much. Well, I tried English and it, it seemed to work fairly well. <laughs> Maybe you should try uh, Japanese too. You want to do that? Yeah, thing? right. Well, that that's where all the money is now. Yeah, all, all the Japanese players. Yep, that's certainly true. Bill, over to you. All right, we'll play this. I found this the other day, and hopefully, you'll enjoy it. So, here we go. While I'm twisting knobs and. Setting audio so you can get the levels a little better. But here we go. Thank you for being here today. I, uh, uh, I, I'm still kind of shocked. I, I don't know how this could possibly have happened. Uh, really, the, the seminal moment of my life occurred at Candlestick Park at a Giants game in 1962. Uh, my dad and my godfather took me to my, my first Giants game. Uh, They'd already told me about Russ Hodges and Lon Simmons, baseball on the radio, and I was a big fan that way. And I was such a big fan still of Russ and Lon that that first game, we sat on the upper deck on the first base side at at the stick. And I could see into the broadcast booths, and I spent more time with my binoculars looking at Russ and Lon while the game was being played and the, the visiting broadcasters than even the players on the field. In fact, this is when the the moment that changed my life occurred. I'm looking into that visiting broadcast booth, and right in the middle of an inning, there's a batter at the plate, and that broadcaster says, there's a curveball, low and outside, ball two. And then he grabbed a big handful of, I thought it was French fries, and he jammed all these French fries into his mouth. He's chewing on those fries, and while he's still chewing, the next pitch comes in, and he says, without missing a beat, there's a fastball outside, ball three. Then he grabbed a cup full of whatever. He took a big pull on that cup, and as a 10-year-old, I sat there and said, that is the life for me. <laughs> now, it's not that easy for anybody in baseball, player, broadcaster, uh, to be a member of that family, because uh, dad's never home. And, uh, and I know uh, all of my kids uh, had some uh, interesting things that occurred in their lives, a little bit different maybe than a lot of people's lives. Uh, My daughter Emily once, uh, my daughter Holly, they came to spring training with me in Miami when I was with the Orioles. And my daughter Emily was not quite three years old. And I'm in the middle of an inning. My partner on the broadcast had taken a walk. He was getting a hot dog. I don't know where he was. 
And there was a three ball, two strike count in the batter. And my little daughter, Emily, tugged at my Hawaiian shirt. So I turned and said, what is it, Em? And she said, Dad, I have to go potty. Um, can you hold it for just a minute, sweetheart? No, I have to go bad. So the pitch came in and it was fouled away. I fouled away, still three and two. And I jumped up, grabbed her, ran her down to the, the bathroom, put her in a stall, and I said, okay, now don't touch anything and don't leave. I'll be right back. So I ran back to the booth and the runner is now at first base. But I don't know how he got there. It was a three ball, two strike count when I left. So I turn to the engineer and he's sitting there reading, reading a, a Robert Parker novel. And I say, hey, how did he get on first base? He says, oh, there's a guy on first. So I ran down the hall until I found a, a couple of sports writers and I said, how'd that guy get on first? He said, oh, he walked. So I ran back into the booth, turned the mic back on and said, outside, ball four. Now here's uh, whoever. There's ball one, and a strike. Ball two, oh, strike two. He's working very quickly. Here's the pitch. <laughs> Fouled away, still two and two. And then it hit me. Oh, Emily. <laughs> Turned the mic off, ran down, grabbed Emily, washed her hands, got her all washed up. And I had this bad feeling this guy was also going to be on base, and this might just go on all night long. Fortunately, he was still up. End of would-be disaster. Now, I want to just introduce my family. They're here. They've taken time from their busy lives. Uh, I'm so proud of them, and, and maybe you can just say hello to them. Uh, first off, uh, my beautiful wife, Janine. Uh, my daughters, Michelle. Michelle. Emily, Alex, and my daughter Holly with her husband, uh, Paul Gallagher. Maybe a lot of you didn't realize that there's a lot more history to being a baseball broadcaster than even you know. Uh, I once found a passage in the Psalms, a biblical passage, and the tradition of this business goes back to biblical times. The psalm says, Lord, I am but a wayfarer before you, a pilgrim like my father's, a wandering play-by-play -play poet. That was my interpretation of that passage. <laughs> Cast not your gaze upon me, lest I perish from the face of the earth. And I'm reminded of that today because I'm a little bit overwhelmed by uh, this honor with all of these these great baseball players here gathered at one place and I do feel particularly lucky and blessed uh, that they gave me this award I'm still having a hard time figuring it out but there are many people who gave me a lot of help and and one of them was just about to head out on a European vacation planned a long time ago with his wife uh, my, my lawyer and his partner and they changed, they moved heaven and earth and moved the vacation back till tomorrow. And I hope he gets there in time. Uh, please uh, say hello to uh, my lawyer and my great friend, Ron Shapiro, and also Michael Moss. And a great friend, 
for many years, uh, accountant, he's helped me uh, manage the, the tangled finances because I have no clue what I'm doing in that regard. Uh, when I called him and said, hey, they're giving me this award at the Hall of Fame, he said, oh, congratulations. How much is that going to cost? <laughs> Brian Woods. Thank you, Brian. Now, also, in San Francisco, we have not only a great history of broadcasters with Russ Hodges, Lon Simmons, whom I grew up listening to, idolizing, uh, right now, two former players who are great broadcasters, and I'm a little sheepish being here today because nobody does a better job than they do, and I'm talking about Mike Kruko and Dwayne Kuyper. And uh, Mike Kruko, former Cub. Yeah, there we go. Also, the best young play-by-play -play man in the business, and I fully expect 30 years from now, I'll tune in a Giants game. Let's see, 30 years, I probably would have just retired, maybe the year before. And he told the Giants, said, I have to be there with John, I want to be there. And they said, well, who's going to broadcast the game? He says, I don't care, get somebody. And here he is, uh, please say hello to Dave Fleming. I'm going to turn on that radio in 30 years. Be, this is Dave Fleming along with Tim Lincecum. Giants baseball on the radio. Yeah. Now, I, you know, I don't want to keep thanking people like they do in the Academy Awards and all that. But my dad did uh, turn me on to the baseball on the radio. And he said, hey, you might enjoy this. Uh, there's this guy, Willie Mays. He's pretty good. Uh, take a listen. So, of course, I loved it. So, thanks, Dan. And... Uh, also, Russ Hodges and Lon Simmons. Lon Simmons, who is semi-retired now, still involved with the Giants, but he lives out in Maui. Uh, Lon called me when I got this award, and he said to me, uh, congratulations, by the way, can you get me a phone number and a name up there in Cooperstown? I have a lot of people who are outraged about this and want to see if they can get it overturned. Not many people have friends as close as that. Now, uh, also, uh, my first job as a big league broadcaster in 1974, with the Oakland Athletics, they were the best team in baseball. The team of Reggie Jackson, Catfish Hunter, Vida Blue, Sal Bando, Joe Rudy, on down the list, Raleigh Fingers, what a ball club. And I think one of the great teams of all time, and I think they're underappreciated. I think they don't get their just due. Uh, they had fired, Charlie Finley was the owner, he had fired a, an outstanding broadcaster, Jim Woods. And they said, why would you fire Jim Woods, Charlie? He's so good. And Charlie said, well, he wasn't exciting enough when nothing was happening. So I get hired, and Monty Moore was the reason I got hired. He heard my tape. He says, I never heard of this, uh, this kid. I was 22 years old. I never heard of this guy, but the tape is damn good. And so he told Charlie, this is the guy we need to hire. So now we go to spring training. We had the first broadcast, and Monty's on the air at Rendezvous Park in Mesa, Arizona. And I'm thinking, not exciting enough when nothing's happening. So I, I start practicing a few things, because I, I didn't want to screw this job up. And I'm thinking things like, uh, there's a one-hopper right to shortstop. Oh, baby. What are the odds he could have hit that ball anywhere? It went right to the shortstop. Is that incredible? Uh, look at that pop-up. It's eight miles up in the air. Unbelievable. Anyway, Monty turned the mic off. He says, what the hell are you doing? So I, I tried to explain it to him. He says, oh, hold on. Let, let me finish this inning. So Monty finishes the inning. I explained it to him after the inning. He says, uh, well, that's just a bunch of bull. We hired you because you do a good job. Just go do that. Be yourself. And I don't want to hear any more of that, that uh, baloney. 
And, and he was right. We, it was a great season. We got good write-ups in the press. Everybody seemed to enjoy it. And then just before the start of the next spring training, uh, Charlie fired me. And I, I don't think really he even rem remembered that he'd hired me. I think he thought he was firing Jim Woods all over again. So it goes. Uh, but I, I've kind of rebounded a little bit with, with some other ball clubs. I went to Baltimore, which was a great thing for me. Got to know Earl Weaver. I learned a lot of things from a lot of people who are up on this stage today. And Earl, the great Earl of Baltimore, I learned so many things from him. But one day he put on a suicide squeeze in Milwaukee. And he had not had a sign for a squeeze. He hated the squeeze. So we asked him, said, Earl, I thought you said you didn't have a sign for the squeeze. And he says, no, I don't have one. Well, how'd you put the squeeze on? He says, I said, I whistled out at Rip Sr. over at third base, the coach. And he turned to me and said, Rip, Rip, squeeze, squeeze. I said, well, Monitor's playing third. Uh, he didn't hear that? Earl said, well, I guess not. So I asked Paul Monitor all these years later, last night about that. And Monitor says, well, Earl, Earl was always screaming about something. And I'm sure I just blocked it out like everything else he was screaming about. Sometimes the genius is in the, the small details, Earl. Also, a guy who is uh, so good to me, uh, I went and did Red Sox games for a time, Ken Coleman, he wanted me to come there. Uh, one of the most generous men that I ever worked with. Uh, it was like having my agent in the booth with me every day. He just was always trying to make me look good. He wrote a diary of one of our seasons together called Diary of a Sportscaster. I just wanted to read you one of those passages just to give you an idea of uh, uh, how close Ken and I were and what a great guy he was. Tuesday, May the 6th, 1982. After the game tonight in Seattle, John was a little bit down. So we went out drinking together. John didn't drink. But this night he decided to have some beer. After his 27th beer, I sensed that he was still down a little bit. So I got him into a friendly game of poker. I took him for $4,000. I'm hoping that I can help John relax like this again real soon. Wow, what writing. Now, I used to kid Joe when he'd come up here for the Hall of Fame ceremonies every year. And I would say to him, says, well, you're going up there to baseball's Mount Olympus to rub elbows with all of your fellow baseball immortals, the gods of the game. And, it was, you know, it's my little wry comment to Joe. And now I've been up here the last few days, and it turns out I wasn't joking after all. I walk into a room, and look there. It's Zeus, Henry Aaron. Oh, look over there. It's Apollo, Willie Mays. Oh, my God. Is that Whitey Ford? What? There's Mr. October, Red G. Jackson. Wow, Bob Feller, one of the gods of the game. So I've been walking on air ever since I got into town. And again, I'm not sure how it happened, but I'm grateful uh, to you all. I'm grateful for all of my family and friends who made the trip all the way here to Cooperstown. And let's get on to the real show here very soon. I wanted to congratulate all of the inductees and also Bill Madden of the Daily News, richly deserved. and. Hey, I'm a kid from Hayward. I, I just wanted a job where I could eat french fries while I was working. And now here I am today. So thank you very much. Thank you. That was a great speech.
That was wow. excellent, yeah. excellent, yeah. excellent. Uh, I guess I had it a little wrong about him uh, working, not working with Monty Moore. So I guess he did. But um, you know, now nah, he he can. He's really got, the, as they say, the gift of gab, and he did honor the people that uh, really were important to him in his in his uh, career. And uh, he had good years in Baltimore too, fourteen years, and they loved him there. And uh, you know, they were very upset uh, when they, when he left because uh, they knew it was the owner's fault and. Uh, you know, he's been to the Giants, with the Giants since uh, 1997, so uh, going hot and heavy there. And all four of the announcers, you know, they have the, uh, you know, Dwayne Kuyper and Kruko uh, uh, and and uh, Dave, and uh, Dave Fleming, and they all wanted to be there, so they just left the Giants high and dry that weekend. And somebody did the games, I don't know who, but uh, they got through the weekend, I guess. But uh, they all wanted to be there, and they have a real camaraderie. They do shows, post game shows, I guess, where they. Uh, all four. I've never really heard one, but uh, I've heard about them. They they get on KNBR and they talk, uh, you know, about the game uh, when they're all available. Some of them had some health problems and this and that, but uh, it's a re- it's a very good broadcast crew for an overall crew. And they combine radio and TV, which is not common. That doesn't happen very much anymore. And you've got to hear John Miller as he imitates Vince Scully. He yes. is just fantastic, and when he does those farmer and he imitates Vin doing those Farmer John commercials, yeah. it is just hilarious. He is mm-hmm. so, and I heard a tape of, of Vin Scully with John Miller, and John Miller was imitating Vin Scully, and the both of them were cracking up after it was done. <laughs> Vin Scully was just enamored with it; he just loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, well, Vin Scully was always supportive of the younger announcers, and. Uh, you know, and, and of course, he knew John had talent. Did the World Series for many years uh, on ESPN Radio. Uh, you know, for the the national broadcast with, because they did the Sunday night games. So the Sunday night uh, person usually does the World Series on the radio, and so for many years uh, he was doing that. And then they uh, let him go off the Sunday night, and a lot of people miss it because uh, nobody uh, uh, could do a game uh, as well as John. I know, I know. I mean, and I used to like to listen to him, John Miller. I mean, I'm not, I don't listen to the games like you do, Chris, but I did, I did like him. And I, there were certain mm-hmm. announcers that I really, I liked Mel Allen. I really liked, uh, 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 Phil Rizzuto. And oh, I liked yeah. Red, and I liked Red Barber, the redhead, Red Barber. I liked him as well. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh that, that, that shows how old I am, I guess. <laughs> well, you had, uh, uh, Bob Murphy, Lindsey Nelson, and Ralph Kiner on the Mets, and you had, uh, those guys over the Yankees, along with Jerry Coleman, really in the '60s. People talk about the '50s and Mel Allen and Red Barber and and, and so forth. But uh, New York had uh, really went from one age and Russ Hodges with the Giants, Mel with the Yankees, and Red with the Dodgers. But when you got over to the Mets and the Yankees in the '60s, that wasn't bad either at all. No, that certainly wasn't. You know, the only thing I could say is that I got to meet Mel Allen, and I, we were at the broadcast in. It was a restaurant that had a radio station at the restaurant itself, and you could see the radio announcers. And Mel Allen was there, and I don't know. My father said, "That's Mel Allen. I'm going to introduce you to." You couldn't ask for a nicer person. He was such a oh, nice, good. nice guy. So, mm-hmm. so let me turn it back to you, Bill. All right, it's time for your feature on Chuck Leonard, right? Right, and I want to just do a little bit more in-depth information about him. It's 1965, and I'm in the car with my dad, and of course. He's listening to WNEW, and I turn the station. Get that off the air. I want to hear WNEW. Oh, I just want to hear WABC for a, uh, uh, WWRL for a minute. All right, all right. Sitting there listening to WWRL, it's about 4.30 in the afternoon, and Chuck Leonard's on the air, and he had gotten to WWRL. It's 1965, and he was doing a show that would run from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. 
play, taking playing the hits and taking requests. And my dad listens to this guy read a commercial, and he's talking, and he says, Jeff, he's not going to be at this radio station very long. He's either going to be at WMCA and w, or WABC. Well, like myself, Dan Ingram, who worked at WABC in the afternoons, liked to listen to WWRL as well. And he sits there, and he's listening to Chuck Leonard and contacts Rick Sklar, who's the program director at WABC, and says, you've got to hire this guy. This guy is great. And But Rick says, but he's black. I said, it doesn't matter. Hire him. He will do great things for the radio station. So Rick went to the president of ABC and, and said, well, what, do you, what do you think I should do? And, he, and the president said, do it. I want Chuck Leonard at the radio station. And that's what happened. He became at the radio station. But he didn't want to leave WWRL. He was working five days a week. He liked what he was doing. And members of the black community found out about it. And the leaders in the black community said, you've got to go to this radio station. This is the first time in New York radio where a black person is going to be on a number one top 40 radio station. He went to the WABC and the rest is history. He stayed at WABC from 1965 until 1979 when the station ultimately had a reorganizational change, hired a new program director. They moved Dan Ingram's back to mornings where he, where he originally started in mornings when he worked at K-Box in Dallas and WIL in the St. Louis, Missouri. And they weren't doing very well. And the disco era had come in. And so Chuck Leonard ultimately went to WABC, left WABC, went to WRKS in New York, doing the, owned and operated by MS Broadcasting. He also went to WBLS. He did some work at uh, WNSW on 1430. That was a nostalgia station. He worked at WQEW. And, and he was working at Sirius Satellite Radio when he passed away from lung cancer in 2004. And I just wanted to give you just a little bit about a background wow. on Chuck Leonard. Well, there we go. Let's hear the feature. This week in my classic air check segment, how about a trip back in time to November 26, 1968? And we're going to listen to radio station WABC AM and the radio announcer Chuck Leonard. Chuck Leonard came to WABC in 1965 after working for radio station WWRL AM in New York City. He was discovered by Dan Ingram, who happened to listen to him on that radio station and said to Rick Sklar, the program director, he would be great for WABC. Ultimately, he was hired by WABC and spent 14 years at the radio station. So without further ado, let's sit back and enjoy Chuck Leonard on WABC from November 26, 1965 on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live. Number five on the brand new survey, Abraham, Martin, and John. And WABC chime time, 11 minutes after 11 o'clock. Chuck Leonard taking care. We did that one for Lynn. We got more music power on the way. You stick around. Miss Clancer, we called you in from the typing pool to have you help us name our new men's cologne. Uh, I've got a few drops here on me, and if you'll just sniff a few times and tell us the first thing that comes into your mind. Holy moly. Uh, wow. We, we have something a little more subtle in mind. Hot diggity. You're getting warm. What in blazes? You're getting hot. Keep sniffing, Miss Glancer. Uh, take this down, Peterson. We may have something here. Oh, Mr. Kretzer, you're a devil. Devil? Devil? Good, good. Now, 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 where does the devil live? Well, Harvey Lebster's kind of fun, and he lives at 153 Bond. Uh, you're off the track, Miss Glancer. Inferno. What? Inferno. You've got it, Miss Glancer, Inferno. We'll call it Inferno. Inferno men's cologne. Good thinking, Glancer. I'm pulling you out of the typing pool and into the product naming tub. Inferno. That's enough, Miss Glancer. Inferno. You, you, you made your point. Harvey Lemster. 
Inferno Aftershave and Cologne. Available where all better men's grooming aids are sold. Untalk Radio. Incredible. It's really incredible. The way my new pantyhose fit. They're the super new pantyhose of Cantrice. You know, the nylon that fits so smooth, it might as well be skin. Cantrice. Incredible. And they're incredibly priced at Alexander's. Where else? In groovy fashion colors. See you at Alexander's. See Alexander's new and easy pantyhose made of Cantrice. At all stores, open 10 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Marvelous Marvin Gaye right here. This is out of sight. This is a good sound and something. Number 21 in New York on the brand new survey. Heard it through the grapevine. Chuck Leonard here just doing my thing on a Tuesday. Chuck Leonard here taking care on a great big groovy Tuesday, cloudy tonight, and tomorrow. Chance of rain tomorrow morning. Sorry about that. Low tonight around 40. High tomorrow in the upper 40s, clearing colder tomorrow night, currently 45. WABC degrees. A four-speed Hurst shifter, red streak-wide boots. The Plymouth Roadrunner is a car. No one else comes close. The beep, beep, bird, now it's leaving the land. Shake your tail, feather, see your Plymouth man. Beep, beep, your Plymouth dealer. And look what Plymouth's up to now. Beep, 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 beep. Roadrunner, 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 now. Beep, beep. Hey, this year you can join the Unbeatables for Unbeatable Buys. See the Unbeatable Guys. Your New York, New Jersey at Fairfield County Plymouth dealer. Do you know someone who has heart disease? Then it's a good idea to know what to do in case of heart attack. The New York Heart Association has a booklet called Heart Attack that tells you. Hi, I'm Harry Harrison. And for your free copy, write New York Heart Association 2 East 64th Street. New York 10021. Thank you, Harry. We call him Captain Early Bird right here. Captain 6 a.m., you know, he hits you about that time. A little chewy, chewy now. Ohio Express and all that mess. It's number four at Music Bar in New York City. The hits come faster. My name is Chuck Leonard. You get the picture, stick around. Oh, a little chewy, chewy, number four at New York City. And Chuck Leonard taking care. 21 after 11 o'clock out of Reefer, the right rock in Franklin. For the guys up at Great Lakes, Thomas Ramundas, John Conti, and Steve Stasek and Ray Berneski. At a Reefer Franklin on the Chuck Leonard Show. Love like a seesaw. Steppenwolf in 30 seconds. In WABC News headlines, a major fire is sweeping the huge General Motors Fisher Auto Body Plant at North Tarrytown in Westchester County. The blaze was started by a propane gas explosion. A police department spokesman says the fire may also have spread to the equally large Chevrolet plant nearby. 
All available fire equipment in the vicinity of the area has been called to the scene in North Tarrytown. The police department reports some injuries, but no deaths are reported so far. The fire could be seen as far away as White Plains and Nyack as flames roared high into the night air. That fire, a major fire sweeping the huge General Motors Fisher Auto Body Plant at North Tarrytown in Westchester County. In other news, the Long Island Railroad promises partial service for the morning rush hour, full service in the evening. The line tonight settled its dispute with the trainmen's union. Right now, 46 degrees and cloudy, full news at 55. WABC, New York. Magic Carpet Ride. Uh, that's definitely, well, that's good. It's 27 after 11, WABC Chime Time. I'm Chuck Leonard. WABC, super hip, free, hip, free, hip. Yeah, Johnny Taylor. Got to do it, I'm used to it. Who's making love, number three in New York City? Johnny Taylor. Oh, that's good. Who's making love? WABC Chime Time, 11.30, right here where you groove with the music bar with the skinny man at 77 New York, WABC AM and FM. High Karate After Shave and Cologne presents Sounds of Self-Defense. We now interrupt our regularly scheduled High Karate Shout lesson for a snap quiz. If you've been practicing your High Karate Shouts, you won't have any problems. But if not, you'll not only flunk the quiz, but you might get torn apart by your girl next time you try to wear High Karate. Now it's quiz time. Here's the situation. Your girl is clutching at you on the backseat of a motorcycle, parked in front of a Chinese discotheque located in a hospital zone. Ready? Shout! Jerk Leonard! Okay, now. If your answer was... You know high karate shouts one through four. And you passed the snap quiz. If you missed the answer, keep listening to the high karate instructions on this station. And when you wear high karate after shave and cologne, be careful how you use it. Is your apartment warm enough? Under the law, the temperature must be at least 68 degrees in your apartment between 6 in the morning and 10 at night when it's colder than 55 degrees outside. After 10 o'clock at night, the temperature in your apartment must be at least 55 degrees when it's colder than 40 degrees outside. Hi, I'm Harry Harrison. If your apartment isn't warm enough, talk to your super. If that doesn't work, call the New York City Department of Rent and Housing Maintenance at Worth 4, 3000. Worth 4, 3000. STP oil treatment for your car at service stations everywhere. STP is a racist Oh, yeah. Getting down with it. Little shame, shame. The magic ladder. Magic ladder and shame, shame. Kind of new for you at 77 New York. Swinging the station in all the land. You better believe it. A couple of midnight confessions coming your way. Number six, grassroots. Chuck Leonard here. Do it to it. Number six in New York, grassroots. Midnight confessions. Get your music bar right here. WABC Chime Time 22 before midnight. Nutriment. You drink it to gain weight. It's very difficult for me to gain weight. 
and I found that I needed some supplement to my regular diet because I'm a very poor eater. There's no mess, no mixing, no measuring, nothing at all. I would take half a can at mid-morning and about half a can after dinner when I wanted a snack. Nutriment is an easy way to add calories to your daily diet. Nutriment is a nutritionally complete liquid food, 375 calories per can. Used regularly, it helps balance your diet. And a balanced diet is important to healthful weight gain and body development. After taking Nutriment, I found that I was gaining weight, which was marvelous. Now there are six delicious flavors. Try new strawberry and new chocolate marshmallow. Nutriment from Mead Johnson. You drink it to gain weight. Hello, I'm Babalu. Years ago, many diseases were called incurable. Diseases like cancer, arthritis, cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy, stroke, and multiple sclerosis. Today, these are called chronic diseases. And tomorrow, through medical research and rehabilitation, they may be called curable. You can help with your contribution to chronic diseases. Brooklyn, New York, 11203. wonder for once in my life found somebody to love me time. Once in my life, Stevie Wonder, that's good. Chuck Leonard here, taking care. 18 before midnight. W.A.B.C. Chive time. How you doing on a Tuesday? You like cars? Wild, wild cars. You like cycles? Out of sight cycles. You like girls? Swinging, dancing girls. And don't miss the New York City National Custom Auto Show at the New York Coliseum. November 28th through December the 1st. See TV series Mannix Tornado. California's Jungle Gym. New 1969 Chevy 200 mile per hour buddy car. Little Red Wagon. Controversial STP prototype turbine race car. The ultimate clean machine. The French bathroom car. The California Bedmobile. The $30,000 all-new Cousin Brucey Dream Car. The $100,000 luxury Super Cruiser. Detroit's futuristic Turbo Shark. Ben-Hur movie Hot Rod Chariot. Wild new cycles including Ed Martin's all-new Devil's Revenge. And Little Caesar Cycle from Peter Fonda Wild Cycle Movies. Bring your own model car to the big contest. Plus National Go-Go Dance Finals. Girls may enter the contest at the show. Music by the fabulous Sparrow. See Miss USA a go-go and Miss Hurst Linda Vaughn. Plus Friday night only see Mr. America and Mr. Universe Freddie Ortiz along with the Mr. New York City Physique Contest. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the New York Coliseum. November 28th through December 1st, 1 to 11 p.m. Two giant floors. Don't forget your camera. WABC. Where the hits come faster. This is kind of good. The Brooklyn Bridge. The worst that could happen. Oh, that's good. Worst that could happen. That's bad. Hey, 14 before midnight, that's WABC Chime Time. Sunny, there's a heavenly fragrance that clings. It's heaven sent. Sunny, you're an imp wearing angel's wings. In heaven sent. Sunny, you are all of the things that you want to be. A little bit naughty, but heavenly. Heaven Scent Fragrance by Helena Rubenstein. Spray it on and heavenly things happen. Heaven Scent. Splash in it. Laugh in it. Live in it. Love in it. You'll find Heaven Scent Fragrance at Helena Rubenstein counters everywhere.
about Johnny Nash, huh? This is a good sound. You better believe it. Hold me tight, number 14 on a Tuesday night. Survey night in New York City, Chuck Leonard sticking around, putting down the big sound. I don't want to hear it. Plunk basket weaving, punched out of school. Now there it goes. I took my troubles down to Madden. You think you've got troubles? You know that gypsy with the gold cap too. Love potion number nine. Solid gold searches, love potion number nine. And the chime time, five minutes and 15 fat seconds before midnight. At midnight, it's Charlie Greer. Tonight's puzzler is, will the Wichita County lineman find success and happiness as the left tackle for the Miami Dolphins? You'll find out on Sunday because we carry them live right here when they play the Jets. Not better they're saying, don't think it hasn't been. That's all it's going to be for me. Wave of the Leonard hand to you, my man, and for you, Panda Bear, out there because I love you and you're so groovy. WABC News Briefs, the second largest auto plant in the world, swept by a major fire tonight. Where there you go. Music Radio 77 WABC in New York City on November 26th, 1968, with the radio announcer Chuck Leonard. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the program, or if there's a classic air check that you'd like me to present, why don't let me know about it by email or voicemail. For all things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett. Another good one, Jeff. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. There's one other story I wanted to tell, and I have to be sensitive about it because it, it, it did happen, and it, it was talked about on a number of radio sites. Is Martin Luther King, as you know, passed away in 1968, and there was a lot of rioting after that passing of Martin Luther King in many cities. Detroit had the rioting, Los Angeles had the rioting, Newark, New Jersey had the rioting. But Chuck Leonard did a show on WABC, and they asked him to try to calm the crowds down, and they played softer music. You didn't hear the harder rock songs and he they say was responsible in many ways for presenting for preventing i should say one some one of the one of the more the cities that you might see a lot of rioting he calmed new york city down with his soft voice and his delivery on wabc that night that's good wow good and of course we had i've told this story before but just quickly we had the it was supposed to be a James Brown concert at Boston Garden, uh, April 5th of 68, the night after the uh, shooting. And so what they did was they said they would still do the concert at the Garden, but it would be no one would be allowed to go, but it would be on Channel 2, the, the WGBHR uh, public uh, TV station. And uh, everybody could just watch it for free, and they'd give everybody the money back. And he was, during the show, you know, asking for people to just be cool and everything's going to be all right and we'll get through it, that kind of thing, and uh, and that helped Boston get through. So, so, so what did you guys think of Chuck Leonard? I'll, I'm going to start with you, Chris, and then we're going to go with Well, I'll, I'll say one thing. We had a lot of the iconic ads of the late 60s with high karate and uh, nutriment. Hey, how about that? 340 cal- uh, cans of, uh, calories a can. How about that stuff? And then um, Heaven Sent and all that. Uh, people were very busy, uh, teenagers, trying to smell good and look good. And uh, so if you could do that, that's what you made your money on if you were a radio station. And, um, you know, it, it was it was good. 
um, you know, he did a good job. And uh, again, he only had the hour. I didn't remember it that way. I thought he had a longer shift, but um, you know, I guess you said he was doing some other announcing for ABC at that yeah, time. Yeah, he did some other announcing. He also did some work with WABC FM as well, and he also uh, he also did that. Uh, I'm not sure if he. I want to say rock and roll. It was one of those uh, contemporary radio, the history of rock and roll, or one of those things they did at 25 past the hour uh, that they had. Yeah, they had. I think they did. Uh, I forget what they called that retro rock. That's retro rock. Called, he did. He it? did that yeah. retro rock at one point uh, as well. So that. That you know, that's what I thought, Mike. You said you liked Chuck Leonard. Tell me, tell me what you thought of Chuck Leonard, Mike. Uh, oh, he was he was great. He was down to earth, and uh, he was a super DJ. I thought. Okay, and Gary left us. My... Okay, go ahead, Bill. Go ahead, Mike. He was one of my favorites. All right, mm-hmm. very good, Bernie. Did you get? Did you? Uh... Yes. Can you hear me? Am I yes. On? Go ahead. Yeah. I... I wasn't sure if yeah, you would be into I, uh, that because I know you. I know you weren't a big fan of Dan Ingram, but what do you think of Chuck? No, but but Chuck Leonard was somehow a little different. Um, to me, he was a little warmer for one thing, and uh, yeah, I liked him. And I think the first time I ever heard him was on Retro Rock because a station here ran that. So mm-hmm. you know, that's where I heard him first. Yeah. Um, like I said, when I heard him on WWRL, my dad said to me, he's not going to be on that station very much longer, and he wasn't. And, uh, <laughs> Lee, Mike, I got to tell you, and I always talk about my dad, and uh, and maybe I, maybe, I, maybe I shouldn't be dwelling on him, but I miss him so much. But he was so hip when it came to, like, listening to radio. When, when, when Motown was out, he loved the Supremes and the Temptations, and he loved the he – loved Wow, that. that's cool. And he, and he, loved, he, oh, yeah. he loved a lot of the music. Now he didn't like the Beatles when they did Sgt. Pepper and the drug type music. He didn't like, but he liked the early Beatles, and he loved and he listened to beautiful music. And he would say, Turn, "Get away from that radio!" And of course, <laughs> I, I would always change the station though. Something he didn't want to hear, but he, he he accepted it. He didn't have a problem with that. So I guess I didn't really know Chuck Leonard was black until after a while it, it seeped through. I found out. I, I don't even know how I found out, but he didn't, didn't have a voice until that tonight. was. <laughs> really okay yeah uh you know no i knew but i don't remember how i found out but maybe he said something that it gave it away at some point but it, it's one of those things it's like the people don't know you're blind bernie i mean it's uh exactly. and that's actually cool because they accept you for who you are and then I if totally they find out you're blind that. or black or something else well uh, and, they already and, like and, you so and, you're in good good shape and then when they meet you and they find out that you're blind they I didn't know you were blind well well i don't have to tell everyone that that's not it, it's not important it's what i do that's I right to, <laughs> but Charles I actually, and I, somebody oh, actually ahead. said somebody actually said to me once, "You don't sound blind." <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before. Well, I, what, I'm going to ask you, Bernie. So, can you answer this question? What does what is blind supposed to sound like? I don't know, but I had a comeback. <laughs> what was it? Very nice. Oh, okay. I said, I said, no. I got to tell you now. I got to share it. I yeah. said, well. You don't sound fat. <laughs> oh, so I was, I was offended. I, I really was offended. You don't sound blind. That, that, yeah. come on. Maybe uh, maybe they expected know. to hear a lot of tapping of a cane or something. I don't know what they thought. So well, I, I, I never, I never, I never mentioned my blindness on the air until my final uh, show on my retirement show. That's the only time I ever mentioned it. The whole, my whole career. 
Mm-hmm. Because anyone who would have known you or would have been the station events would have known it anyway, Bernie. And that's the whole point. The whole point is that it wasn't about your blindness. It was about the talent no, that you exuded exactly. and the work that you did at the WYXB or WENS. You know, that that's the whole thing. That That's the whole point. Right. Chuck exactly Leonard, right. Chuck Leonard never talked about being black on WABC, but he played. And he also they also he also played some more soul music than maybe other radio announcers did at that time. But he he did a good job at what he did, and mm-hmm. uh, and right. I did he to... actually did he actually do that or do you just think he did because he was black? I think that I well both. <clears throat> I I think that he did it because they wanted him to do it. They 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 definitely wanted the black audience, and he gave them the black yeah, audience. Of course, he, and and. And I can tell you that I've talked. I I talked to. I was one of those guys that would talk to the radio announcers. And I, I, those you know those pain in the you know what groupie. Kind, I'm not a groupie, but you know what I mean, Bernie. And you couldn't have asked. Oh, for I nice, did it too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and you couldn't have asked for a nicer guy. I mean, he would just. And I I would I would say you know I remember you were at WWR. Did you think that you were ever going to go to WABC? He had no idea. He had no clue oh. that that WABC had come calling. He didn't send a notation audition tape to them. They came calling for him, and that's what was yeah. so interesting is that they, it was it was unheard of at that time to have a black radio announcer in top forty radio before yep. he was doing it, and that's what made it so cool because he was so good at what he, not only was was he black which 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 is important, but he was he was he was great at what he did no matter what format he did whether he worked for WABC or whether he worked at Sirius Satellite Radio. Or whether he worked at WRKS when it was owned by Emmis, or whether he worked at WBLS, what no matter what he did, he was good at whatever he did. When he worked at WQEW, playing the music of the you know the the thirties, forties, and fifties, and and stuff like that, he could do that as well. There are a lot of radio announcers who who can do formats, but not every radio announcer can do can just roll into a format just like that. And that's what did they have him do at uh, Sirius? What what format did he play? He was on, I believe he was on the 60s channel for a while. Okay. Uh, I just don't remember because I didn't have Sirius. I had XM because I liked XM better when, when they were just XM. But, right. Uh, oh, yeah. But he, did have, but he did work for Sirius Satellite Radio, and you couldn't have asked for a nicer guy. That's all I'm going to say about Chuck. Right. Uh, and uh, he was very good at what he did. What he did. And all I, I always say to people that, uh, thank God I have all of these air checks in my collection that I can play them over and over to my heart's content. <laughs> Something mm-hmm. like that, yep. you know? Well, it's making up. See, it's, it's all the, as we take you off the couch, it's making up for all the time your father couldn't, he said you couldn't play this and you couldn't play that. It, it's, it's all coming around now. This is well, good. I really have to put, a, put a, a thanks to my parents. They were really cool with my blindness. They were really cool. They got me mainstream. They wanted me to be like everyone else. And they understood right. that, that, if they knew that while I was doing my homework, I had the headphones on listening to the radio, they would have they, they would have had a fit. You're not sure. supposed to listen to the radio when you're doing homework. And my sister <laughs> and I both listened listen to the radio. Yeah. There, there, <laughs> it wasn't like oh, the high sighted kids weren't doing the same thing. That's the right. prime time, we've talked about this, the prime time in the, the 60s and stuff for a radio, the big guys, the people who made the money on those stations were the guys that were on from 7 to 11. You know, They, they were the ones who were drawing the audiences. That's it. Well, I know we've talked a lot about Chuck Leonard, and I. How, what more can you say except that I thank you all for uh, enjoying it, and uh, we'll turn it over to you, Bill. And uh, Bill, you probably want to watch the one, the uh, Thursday Night Football tonight. Yeah, probably watch a little bit. I don't of think that. anybody wants to watch a great that game. game, though. 
<laughs> well, who's, who's playing tonight, Chris? Oh, it's the Raiders and the Chargers, and the, neither of them are going to the playoffs. The, the quarter we have one one uh, backup quarterback in for one team. The other guy uh, didn't start the season with him, and he hasn't been playing too well. So I think this will be a night where uh, people just kind of they, they if if they bet the game, they'll watch it. If they're not betting, they probably won't. And I know I shouldn't ask you this, but I know we're going to run early. So, question. You see Zach uh, Wilson and Tommy DeVito won uh, accolades for their play, yes. with the, both with uh, Zach with the Jets and Tommy DeVito with the Giants. Uh, yes. What do you think Tommy DeVito's future is, and do you think that they'll get rid of Dan, uh, the other quarterback? I forgot his name. Yeah. Well, I think what's going to happen is they'll they'll bring him back. We I asked uh, – we had Rick on. Of course, he's a Giants fan. And we, yeah, uh, me too. I, yeah, we kind of asked um, him about that uh, on the sports lounge the other night, and he said – he thought they'd keep uh, DeVito around, and, and Jones still has a contract he has to, uh, you know, work out. But then after that, you know, and they'd give him a chance, uh, you know, in the next couple of years. But what he's got, what he's doing, because, like, his, his, his father's on now on the Giants game. They must have just bought the time with Peerless Boilers, and he's selling Peerless Boilers. He's a plumber. He talks about how he installs them. So they're working him into, like, a, a media presence. He's probably going to be associated with the Giants in one way or another, maybe as a broadcaster or something down the road. So I think I think he's really hit a uh, – even if he doesn't continue to play well, I think he's hit a, a little bit of a gold mine there. If you're big – if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. In New York, Frank told us that. So there you go. Well, the, only, the only thing I can say is with the Giants, and I, I, I always say this, it was, I guess it's a little too late, unfortunately. That's that's the only problem. But, that although, is, is. Could they get into the playoffs at this point? Uh, Technically, they... yeah, but it's they've got a lot of teams in front of them. I mean, they're not mathematically eliminated, but all but. Let's put it that way. Okay, and the Jets, what about them? Jets are uh, pretty much the same boat. They're, they're probably not going to go anywhere either. Okay. Well, now that we've uh, done some sports, we've done some music. Right. We've yeah, done no little, kidding. We've done a little of everything. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Bernie, I'm not even a sports person. <laughs> I, I know, but you act like you are. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't I don't want to do the sports lounge because I know I couldn't do justice to you guys. But I just uh, I just had to ask that question of you, Chris, because, uh, you know, because I when I saw that the Giants won and they won <clears> two <throat> games in a row with this new quarterback, uh, wow, you know, that's that's pretty good. Yep. So No, they're, they're doing okay. Okay, Bill. All right. I know you love sports, not the Giants. I know that, but no. I, I, I know you love sports. I'll turn it over to you. Kind of like the Colts. It's kind of depressing, but number <laughs> one, we want to thank everybody for tuning in, and we will be back next week for a listener appreciation show. So enjoy that if you want to. Parents, so we'll see. All right, that'd be good. And have a great vacation if we don't see you till. Let's see, Jeff, we'll be back on January Um, what? Fourth? Yeah, yeah, February fourth. Go go ahead, Bernie. Tomorrow is Jim Denny's retirement show on WFMS tomorrow morning. Hmm. And uh, so it's it's gonna be pretty good. I actually was able to call in today and and record a a little thing with them, so they're gonna play that tomorrow too, because I know what it's like when you retire and how cool it is when people call you know, that you, that you look up to and then everything. So I, I had to call in and it was, it was really fun to do. Now, Jim Denny's does the mornings. Am I correct? He has mornings on WFMS here in Indy. And he's been there for like, what, 30, 40 years or something like that. He's been there for a long time. years. Yeah. That is a yeah, long, I mean, when years. I say that's a long time, you've been in radio for 40 years at the same station, but it's a long time because you don't see many radio announcers last that long at radio stations um, today. Uh, 40, 42 yeah. years. 
I can uh, remember him bouncing around. Get, get all the yeah. statistics right. There you go. I've had to correct you before on this. And yeah. I don't want to do it again. I understand, Bernie. I'm sorry. I will yeah. never have let it happen again until the next time. Don't touch that radio again. <laughs> I, I, yeah, there you go. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> like my, Leave that radio alone. I want to hear Cleveland yeah. and Finch. There you <laughs> so, go. Chris knows who I'm talking about. Yep, I do. And before Clavin and Fitch, it was Gene Rabin and Fitch, but I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, over to you, Bill. Okay, Jeff, and we'll play your last feature. What is it, Foxy 106.9? That's correct, and I want to thank Mike Loft, who suggested I do this, because I wasn't, you know, I would never have listened to them, but Mike said, you got to hear this station. It really is pretty good if you listen to it. Listen to it with an open mind. You really are going to like it. And I thought it wasn't that bad. I really, I really kind of enjoyed listening to them. So thank Mike. For, the, for helping me out with that, and uh, we'll catch you all after the holidays. Hope Christmas is good for all of you guys. For the Jewish people, I want to wish all our Jewish listeners a very happy happy Hanukkah. We're still in the midst of the Hanukkah season, and we'll catch you all after the holidays. And some of us will see you next week, same time, same station. This week of my featured station segment, we're featuring a translator in St. Louis, Missouri, transmitting on the frequency of 106.9. The station is Foxy 106.9, and they broadcast an unusual format, an urban format that plays a little of everything. So without further ado, listen to Foxy 106.9 on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live. K295CQ, KXBS, HD3, Bethalto, 106.9 FM, St. Louis, your home for the best mix of R&B and throwback jams. Foxy 106.9, a Roberts Metro Broadcasting Station. Your ultimate feel-good station, Foxy 106.9. Yo, what up, Sierra? I want to welcome y'all to the all-new Foxy 106.9, St. Louis' best mix of R&B and throwback jams. Yes, sir. St. Louis's best mix of R&B and throwback jams, Foxy 106.9. It's Tony. Are you looking forward to the new Color Purple movie coming out Christmas Day? I can't wait for the soundtrack. We're going to get that next Friday. Our girl Mary J. Blige is going to be on that. I'm feeling that, so I'm going to play her just in a couple minutes on Foxy 106.9. Looking to make a splash in the market? Look no further than Foxy 106.9. We're not like those other stations. We're locally owned and operated by Roberts Metro Broadcasting. By advertising with Foxy 106.9, you tap into the pulse of the community and reach those who matter to you. We can spread the word about your business and help it thrive. Partner with us for access to a diverse and engaged audience ready to embrace Embrace your products and services. We offer personalized and comprehensive advertising solutions tailored to your business needs. From creative commercial production to strategic airtime placements, we've got you covered. Visit Foxy1069.com for more information or call us at 314-782-FOXY. Our sales team is eager to partner with you and help you unlock the potential of reaching the urban community. Let's make a difference, drive prosperity, and create lasting connections within our community. Foxy 106.9, where the community grows and businesses thrive. Join me, The Real JR, and DJ Rec One for a special guest appearance from Foxy 106.9. Where the Mississippi flows and blues glows. Foxy 106.9. 
just listen, you feel it. Foxy 1069. Love and happiness. St. Louis's best mix of R&B and throwback jams, Foxy 106.9. It's Tony. And, man, I was a mess back in the day going to the mall, getting my Kangol hats, the furry bucket hats. I thought I was looking good, looking like LL Cool J. It's Foxy 106.9. The hits never stop and the party never ends. Foxy 106.9. Regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. We'll play the R&B and throwbacks. Just don't throw out your back while you're grooving. Foxy 106.9. Tune in. Tune in. Turn, 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 turn us up. Be blessed. Foxy 106.9. is best mix of R&B and throwback jams. That good feeling. That's what we have here on Foxy 106.9. And I have a great team. I come on at middays and keep you moving through your workday. When I get out of here, you get to kick it with Kiki from 3 to 7. After that, we have the Wrap It Up show. We switch it up. A little hip-hop flavor for you with Toss and Ted, Voodoo, DJ Cub. That's how we do it. And you know, every weekday morning, of course, you are waking up with the Real Breakfast crew. That's how we do it. It's Foxy 106.9. Best mix of R&B throwbacks for you. These are my favorite tracks. Foxy 106.9. Uh, not at the bridge. Oh. Putting you in the festive spirit this holiday season with St. Louis's hometown soundtrack. Only on Foxy 106.9. hear this over there but you'll hear it here Ooh, i'm feeling all these songs on the new foxy foxy 106.9 st louis's best mix of r&b and throwback jams let me tell you what everybody's talking about ashanti and nelly have they confirmed that they are having a baby. Are they actually married? You know what? Honestly, it's none of our business, but it's okay. CQ, KXBS, HD3, Bethalto, 106.9 FM, St. Louis. Your home for the best mix of R&B and throwback jams. Foxy 106.9, a Roberts Metro Broadcasting Station. From 
Forest Park to Ferguson is St. Louis's new station and best mix of R&B and throwback jams. The new Boxy 106.9. This is best mix of R&B and throwback jams. Foxy 106.9. First full week on air and it feels so good. Now, what I want you to do, if you are having a good time, you are enjoying yourself, tell a friend. Tell your friends everywhere because they can always stream us foxy1069.com and join us on the socials. If you're on Facebook, I know you'd be scrolling through Instagram. Find us, foxy1069fm and you can find me at Tony Two es Roper. Now we're going to live it up with little jaw rules in a couple of minutes right here on Foxy1069. Well, there you go. Foxy1069 from St. Louis, Missouri with their urban format. Now if you have any comments concerning this part of the program or if there's a feature station that you'd like me to present, why don't let me know about it by email or voicemail. The email address here is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F Jeff at allthingsradio.net. Or you can call that feedback line at 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. Hitting option two for the podcast team. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett. This concludes another All Things Radio Live. Join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern for the latest radio news, interviews, caller questions and comments, station scopes, and more. Visit the show's official website at www.allthingsradio.net and visit the Legend website at legendoldies.com. Join us again next week for another All Things Radio Live on the Worldwide Legend.